I want to talk about uh, the future and the part we play in it. And I'm talking about our individual futures, uh, not our collective futures today uh, and where we're going, but <clears throat> just individually, how we navigate the future and some of the obstacles that we have. Maybe look at some of the things that prevent us from getting our desired outcomes in situations uh, or end up in situations that we don't want to be in that are sometimes of our own making. So one of the things that we talk about, that's been talked about a lot in spiritual circles, not so much in Christian circles, uh, but definitely something that comes out of certain Buddhist traditions and has gained a lot of popularity, especially since Eckhart Tolle, uh, I don't know, a couple decades ago, wrote the book The Power of Now, uh, which is a great book, by the way, if you haven't read it, even though it's, uh, I don't know, it's got to be 15 years old or older. But if you haven't read it or you haven't listened to any of his stuff, he's, he's definitely worth checking out. And uh, he, he, he presents some really phenomenal concepts in there. And it's really kind of gained ground. You hear a lot of different uh, self-help people and spiritual teachers out there contemplate the, the past and certainly to uh, reflect upon the future, right? To make plans. Uh, the Bible even speaks about that, the plans of a man's heart and stuff like that. Although um, the people who teach it, teach it accurately, would suggest that you observe your thinking, mostly just when it becomes a problem for you. So in other words, if you're planning for the future, you're in the moment planning for the future, meaning that's what your intention is in that moment. But again, our, our brains and our minds just kind of uh, uh, have a mind of their own, right? So we go through these periods of uh, consciousness of being in the present moment and then unconsciousness where we lose the present moment and we're uh, reflecting too much on the on the past and on the future, and lose lose the moment, right? And so, there are a couple different ways you can look at this. When we stay stuck in the past, um, if you're dealing with emotional pain, if you're dealing with bitterness, anger, uh, those kinds of things, a lot of that is patterned out of the past. In other words, if you could forget about your past, think about it this way, this thought experiment. If you could forget about your past entirely, entirely forget about your past, um, how would your life be different? How would you feel different? How would you think differently? And who would you be? Uh, because we live out the memory of who we were. Dr. Joe Dispenza has done phenomenal work along those lines about how we are constantly living out a pattern or a program or a memory of the person who we think that we are. So if we can let go of the past and be present in the moment, then that can be a powerful way to free us up emotionally and to help us uh, look at our problems differently and solve problems. And again, there's been a lot of stuff done about the past, and I encourage you to check out Joe Dispenza's work if you haven't. But I want to talk specifically about how the mind can get in the way or get in the way of the future. One of the concepts of life and time, I don't remember where it came from, but one of the metaphors for it is that living life is like rowing a boat going down a river backwards. Rowing a boat going down a river backwards. That makes perfect sense. 
because you can't always tell where you're going. You can only see where you've been, right? So we don't know what our future holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next week holds. We take it for granted. We like to pretend that we do. Um, and oftentimes, our days do just kind of blend together with nothing eventful happening. And we're rel relatively, uh, most of the time, uh, for some of us, in control of our lives, meaning that we choose to go to work. We choose to, you know, uh, I don't know, go camping. We choose to go out to eat, what clothes we're going to wear, that kind of stuff. And life is generally mundane. And then occasionally you have these events uh, that can go one way or the other. You can have traumatic, tragic events that happen in your life that shape and affect you that you weren't expecting. Or you can have tremendous blessings that come into your life as well that perhaps were unexpected. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it's kind of mundane. But, uh, so, so here, here's what I'm trying to say. I kind of lost my train of thought. Not only is it mundane, but the, the, the key here is that it's unpredictable. The key here is that we don't really know um, necessarily, a lot of us, where we're going to be next year, next month. Now, COVID and all the craziness that's going on in the world, the pandemic, uh, those things aside, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we didn't see a lot of this coming and there are a lot of forces at work. But I'm just speaking generally about how we think about the future. So there is, now, now here's the problem with the future. When you want to get to a future that you have not had yet, and here's our problem. Here's what I mean. So your, your days re keep repeating over and over. But let's say you want something totally different in your life. You, you dream about a better day. And you want to experience something that you've never experienced before. Or you want to get to a future that is new. That is different. That is something, like I said, that we haven't experienced before. There is this boundary... There is this time frame between when we start thinking about and dreaming about that future and when that day finally arrives. There is this boundary where we can't see, but we can see. I'll explain this in a minute. I'm going to read a Bible story that illustrates it perfectly, I think. Here's what I mean by we can't see. We, we, we can't see it because we have no memory of it in our past. We have no references necessarily for it in terms of our own experiences. And the future is unpredictable, so we can't see it. But we can see it in that our minds and our imagination will project what we think that future might look like. So there's this space in between, there's this boundary, if you will, between the the present and the future, which is unknown. And then there's this space in between where we try to imagine what that future is going to be like. Part of the problem is, is that we have to go off of our map, our mental map, or our memory of the past, look at what's going on in the present to try to imagine that future. So when we're doing that, more than likely we are going to introduce distortions into our thinking so that very seldom is the future going to be 
just as we imagined it. Does that make sense to you? I'll give you a, a Bible story here. So, 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and brought back... Oh, wait a second. Yeah, 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 let me, let me just skip down. Um, so, so Naaman has leprosy and verse five, uh, Naaman went and told his master verse four saying thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Anyway, um, I'm in the wrong place. I'm sorry. I did mention I have a headache and I didn't sleep well. Right. Let me tell you the story. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> Second Kings chapter 5 somewhere, but I don't want to read the whole dang chapter to try to get to it. So, it uh, wasn't exactly where I thought. So, Naaman uh, has uh, leprosy, and he has a, he, he gets word that Elisha the prophet can heal him. And he's an important guy, Naaman is. So he gets in his chariot, and he goes to meet with Elisha the prophet. And Elisha comes out and tells him, go Wash yourself in the Jordan seven times. Go take a bath seven times. And Naaman's furious. He becomes furious that this is the instruction that he's given. And he goes away angry. But somebody talks some sense into him and says, look, what's, you know, what's the big deal if you go do this? You know, like, like, kind of like, what's the worst that could happen? So he goes ahead and he goes and he, he dips himself in the river seven times and he comes out. And his, his skin is completely made clean, and he's made whole of the leprosy. Now, part of the reason that he was angry, this is the important part, part of the reason that he was angry was because that he imagined that Elisha the prophet would come out and wave and greet him and wave his hand and say some magic words or perform some kind of magical ritual, and his skin would be cleaned. So... That's what he was projecting into his future. So <clears throat> the future that he had not yet experienced was that he would be healed. He hears about Elisha the prophet. So while he's on the way to his future, while he's on the way to meet Elisha, while he's on the way to his future, he is imagining how that future is going to play out. And he believes it's going to play out in a certain simple way with this wave of the hand, this magic ritual. When he gets to his future, it does not play out the way he had imagined it. He was still going to get healed. He was still going to get what he wanted. But he didn't get it in the way he wanted to get it, or the how of how it happened did not play out the way it had played out in his imagination. And as a result, he became furious. So if we really think about it, a lot of our upset, a lot of our emotional turmoil, happens because of mismanaged expectations because we're we're expecting a future we're expecting something to happen and we're in this in-between stage between how it's going to actually play out and how we're imagining that it's going to happen in our minds and when it doesn't play out the way we've imagined that it's going to happen in our minds oftentimes that's what leads to us being upset the bible says this hope deferred makes a heart sick 
So when, and this, this happens in relationships. I'm just going to take a sidestep. This happens in relationships. If you don't manage expectations well in your relationships, you're, then you're not going to have much heart-to-heart connection with anybody. Because if you put expectations out there for another person and you keep delaying those expectations, you keep finding reasons to not meet those expectations, that, you're going to make that person's heart sick. By the same token, if we put expectations on people that are unreasonable or uh, that, that are unjust in the sense that they were things that they didn't, they themselves promised that they were going to do or say that they were going to do, then we're going to have mismanaged expectations because we're, we're creating a future, becoming dependent on that future, but that future is not uh, a reality yet. And so it is then just an imagination. It is sort of this fantasy world that we're living in. And we can end up heartsick as a result of that because expectations that we have for our own life, expectations that we have for ourselves, whatever, don't get met, or at least don't get met the way we want them to get met. So again, back to the story. So Naaman comes out. He's going to get his healing. He's going to get the future the way he wanted the future, just not in the way that he expected it to happen. Such a simple thing, too, right? Now, here's the thing. Because when his future arrives, when his promise arrives, when his blessing arrives, and it doesn't match the how of how he thinks it's going to, going to happen, it doesn't match the imagination of the future that he put forth, he almost aborts his future. He almost doesn't get the promise or the blessing or the future or the healing or the miracle that he was looking for, even though it was completely available to him, because it came in a way that he did not expect. He expected the man of God to come out, wave his hand, do this stuff, and that did not happen. Instead, he's told, go and wash in the Jordan, and he gets offended because he's got cleaner waters he could go bathe in than, than the Jordan waters. But somebody talks some sense into him and says, look, why don't you just go ahead and do that? And when he did it, he was healed. I, I, that pretty clearly illustrates the, uh, the situation, does it not? And so I want you to consider this um, in your life, that how many times... I wonder, you know, I wonder like if they do, if when you die, you know, everybody says when you die that you're going to have this life review. And I wonder in my life review how many times I was staring blessing in the face, but because my imagination was running wild with how it was supposed to happen and it didn't happen how I wanted it to, or, you know, Naaman's offended. He's offended that he has to go wash. And so... I wonder how many times I've stumbled or gotten offended when there was a blessing or an opportunity that was staring me in the face, maybe the very thing that I wanted, and I completely missed it because I was hijacked or carried away by my own vain imagination. So this is why, this is why, a lot of your uh, people who teach on the law of attraction, when I used to teach on faith, um, 
<clears throat> people in the New Thought Movement, if you know what that is, people like, um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, Joseph Murphy, and who's the, Neville Goddard is the one that everybody kind of talks about. Um, and even some of the stuff that Greg Braden talks about. And that is act, uh, uh, imagining yourself or your future as though you already have it, as though it's something that's already happened in the past, being focused on the end result that you want. Because if you can keep your mind stabilized and focused on that, you can leapfrog the obstacle that we've been talking about. You can, you can leapfrog this barrier between um, the, the, what you want and receiving it. You, you don't have as much mental static or mental noise to deal with that gets in the way of trying to get into the, the future the way that you want it. Does, does this make sense? Um, so, so where does planning come in? Where does, where does planning and preparation and stuff like that come in? Maybe somebody's asking that question. And that all depends, I think, on what the circumstance and the situation is. Uh, I think that faith and wisdom always have to go hand in hand. And we are given a scripture, a promise in James 1 that says, if any of us lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it liberally, gives it generously. And the King James says, upbraideth not, meaning he doesn't uh, scold you for being foolish or stupid when you ask for wisdom. But one of the things that I found out in my life is that when I ask for wisdom, sometimes the wisdom that I get doesn't make sense. And again, the wisdom that I get in the moment doesn't make sense. And again, this is because I'm viewing the future, I'm thinking about the future through this lens of distortion. It's also why sometimes when we get premonitions about the future or one of the real difficulties that people have if they try to operate psychically or in the prophetic gift is that whatever perception the spirit is giving of the future, whatever the spirit is saying about the future, is going to be filtered through that mental noise or the conceptualizations of how this is supposed to happen and what the future is exactly supposed to look like when the thing that I'm wanting actually shows up in my life. So you're always going to kind of have that filter. So sometimes when wisdom comes to you and it comes from spirit, Sometimes it makes no sense at all and doesn't seem to be connected in any way, shape, or form to the problem at hand. And it takes sometimes faith to operate on those nudgings or to operate on those intuitions that you're getting that are coming from God as he's giving you or she's giving you wisdom about uh, the things that you're supposed to do. So how then should we proceed? Because I think we can see, um, what I want you to see, what I want you to get is that dwelling too much on the future and dwelling too much on the how becomes oftentimes the source of disappointment for us. It becomes oftentimes the source of frustration and anger for us. It becomes oftentimes we act in a way 
we act on that map, which is based on past programming. So we end up getting the same thing over and over again. That's another really good point. Because as we're contemplating and thinking about the future, we can only conceptualize it based on our learnings and our experiences from the past. When we conceptualize a future for us and we want a different future for us, if we go too much off what's in our mind, we will keep recreating the same scenarios over and over again, doing the same thing, expecting a different result, because we can't seem to get outside the loop of our own thinking, our own projecting our past onto the future. And so it can lead to frustration, it can lead to heart sickness, it can lead to all those things. So this is one of the reasons meditation can be really, really, really helpful. Because meditation, if done properly, if done correctly, can clear your mental screen. It can create space between you, the person, and all the mental noise that is in your head so that you not only can get intuitions and precognitions and premonitions and hunches that can help you, but it can also help you recognize when you're self-sabotaging because your own thinking is getting in the way, because you are not your mind. When you're doing meditation, you are not your mind. You are observing your mind. You're realizing that you are other than your mind, that your mind is just something that is happening to you or happening for you, but it is not your identity. It is not who you are. And we can get so wrapped up in our mind. We can get so wrapped up in our uh, ideas and so identify with them that if an idea doesn't work for us, if an idea gets challenged, we feel as though we personally are being challenged and being threatened because we have so allowed ourselves to identify with that thought and with that idea. So the first thing is meditation can create that space. The second thing is really simple, and I saw, I think it was Nicholas put um, heart-brain coherence. Uh, this is where I think the heart math method is so powerful. Because the second thing is allowing yourself to feel good. And this is where vibrations are really, people talk about vibrations, and, and it's really important. Uh, I think it's a little unrealistic. This is just my opinion. Um, and I'm not new to this stuff by any means, because I taught faith in the same way that people teach the law of attraction today for 30 years. I just taught from the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. But... <clears throat> Um, y your vibrations that you're sending out do have a significant influence over the future that you create. But I want to help us also avoid sort of this magical thinking that prevents us from experiencing and processing and walking through what we would call lower vibrations like fear, frustration, anger, resentment, and bitterness. Um, or like if you're afraid, like when this whole pandemic thing broke out, I suppose there's people that still are that are afraid about the economy, afraid about their future, worried about their health, worried about, for those that think it's, you know, completely bogus, worried about government control, um, <clears throat> worried about whatever. Those are normal human experiences to have. 
And I don't want you to get this idea that, oh, if I feel bad today or if I feel crummy or if I'm afraid, then these terrible things, you know, I'm just bringing these terrible things into my life. Um, let's just reframe that and look at that differently. To me, that's magical thinking. In the same way, just feeling good isn't going to magically attract good circumstances to you just because you're feeling good. But let's just look at it this way. It helps to feel good. I mean, isn't that what we want? Don't we want to? Don't we want to? Aren't we pursuing the things in life that we're pursuing because we want to feel good? Um, and so allowing yourself to have positive emotions, allowing yourself to have positive feelings on purpose. So taking time where you meditate and then also taking time to just feel good. It's one of the things I love about the Abraham Hicks teachings and if you haven't checked out Abraham Hicks videos I strongly recommend that you go out on YouTube and check some of those out because uh, it's 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 a channel uh, this lady it's gonna say Abraham Hicks is gonna be a lady talking to you because she's channeling an intelligence that she calls that calls itself Abraham now there was a day I would have assumed that was completely demonic but I have gotten over myself and I try to look at the quality sometimes of the content of the information as opposed to the source from which it's coming. So I've shifted a little bit in my own thinking about how I want to receive information in my life. So whether you want to receive it or not, that's completely up to you. But it, it was really great. Um, I, I spent a period of my life where I would watch these 10, 15 minute Abraham Hicks videos where this lady's channeling Abraham. And she would talk about putting stuff into your vortex. And by that, she meant putting putting out of vibration, storing up for yourself a future that you want to have. And really emphasized how the feeling was the secret. And so talked about whatever you're feeling, however you're allowing yourself to feel, that's what you're putting into your vortex. And what you put into your, what she calls your vortex, is what you're going to draw and attract into your life. So allowing yourself to feel appreciation, allowing yourself to feel compassion, allowing yourself to feel happy, allowing yourself to feel joy, and realize that those things come from within, they don't come from without. That you can generate those feelings, and this is where heart math can be really, really powerful, because in heart math, you think about something that you enjoy. You think about something that you appreciate, or someone that you appreciate, or a memory that was pleasant and as you're thinking about it and putting yourself in that place you begin to feel those pleasant feelings so then you begin to realize that you can manage your state and you can cause yourself to feel positive feelings and cause yourself to feel good on purpose so that's the second thing I would say or the third thing I would say. So the first thing is meditation. The second thing is allowing yourself to feel good. And the third thing I'd already said, which is when you want something or need something, focusing on the end result, focusing on what it's going to be like. Like what would happen globally on a global scale if instead of putting out all this energy fighting about nonsense, fighting about masks and getting all worked up and triggered about that, whichever side of that argument you land on. What if instead of that, 
we could all collectively, like what would happen if we got together, even just 30 of us, if we got together and we said, we are going to do a corporate thing online. Maybe we should do this on a live sometime. And we are going to imagine the day that we no longer have to worry about the coronavirus or wearing a mask or physical distancing or government control, that we can just imagine the day that our lives get back to normal, that we can be free to be in communities, that we can be free from all that stuff. And we forget about the how. We forget about how it's going to happen. We forget about the obstacles. We forget about all that stuff. And we just imagine a day sometime in the future when that will be our reality. And what is that going to feel like? The relief, the hope, the gratitude, the wonder of that, the freedom of that. And we imagine that we're living in that time right now. We imagine that we're living in that time right now. And we spent time putting that vibration and putting that energy, putting that stuff out there. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> People are saying, let's do it right now. Okay, okay. Far be it from me to to be one who, who doesn't listen. So let's do that. But let's 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 do it from a meditative place. So if you're able, not driving or working or operating heavy equipment, Jeremy. I want you to just let yourself relax. I want you to take some, some deep breaths. I want you to notice tension that you might be feeling uh, in your body. And let yourself release that. It's really, really important that we uh, come at this from a place of no agitation and not being in any way in a state of fight or flight. So what I want you to do is take some deep breaths. In heart math, they recommend that you breathe in for five seconds and breathe out for five seconds. Um, I found people have different lung capacity or ability. But the important thing is that you're consistently breathing in for the same amount of time that you're breathing out, and that you're doing it relatively slow. So if you can't do five, don't worry about it. But what I want you to do is notice any tension that's in your body, and I want you to just breathe in for the count of five, and then breathe out for the count of five. And do that a few times. to notice where that tension is. I want you to imagine yourself breathing into wherever you feel tense in your body. Count of five. And then as you exhale, just release that stress and that tension and just let yourself relax. And if you need to kind of get the tension out by rolling your neck or your shoulders or let go of some of that excess energy um, to just get it out and come into a place of relaxation and peace. And now I want, let's all of us just imagine for a moment that day. We know that day is coming. We know that day is coming. So that day when we can be free from COVID-19, we can be free from all the, the craziness, all the divisiveness, all the physical distancing, 
Like, not the day that it, that it happened. Let's go past that day. Let's go a week or two past that or a month or two past that. And it's all just a memory. People are talking about uh, that was some crazy stuff that went on in 2020. Those were those were difficult times. Man, I can't. I'm glad we got through that. Just imagine having those conversations. Man, I'm I'm glad we got through that. Man, that was crazy. You remember when? <laughs> imagine yourself just being able to greet a stranger and give them a hug or shake their hand. Not having to worry about anything else. And imagine the feelings of safety. Imagine the feelings of safety that you have. That you feel safe. Feel free. And there's no financial worries. Those are all a thing of the past. You know, when you look in your bank account on this day, there's going to be plenty there for you and plenty to share. So there's no financial worries, no health concerns or worries, no social concerns or worries. Don't have to worry about going out of your house. How are people going to be because you're existing in a friendly environment, existing in a loving environment? And think about what it felt like while we're in this place in meditation. Think about what it felt like um, from the position of the past. In other words, wow, I remember when I was worried about this. I remember when I was afraid my bills weren't going to get paid, or I remember when I was worried about what's going to happen if and when I catch a virus. Who am I going to give it to? I remember, man, those were crazy times. So you're not going back into the feeling of it. You're experiencing yourself, remembering what it was like when we used to be worried about it. Just let whatever emotions you're experiencing right now, just let those come up. Some of you might be experiencing some tears. Just let that come up. Some of you might, whatever's there, just let it be there. Because whatever's coming up, even if it feels like a low vibration, even if it feels negative for you, it is coming up in order to be processed and in order to be healed. And I just give you a minute to process through that. Imagine what you're going to do that day. You're just going to get up and, you know, just like a normal day. or Maybe it's a Sunday, maybe it's a Saturday for you. Whatever that day is that you're going to get up, everything's in the past and everything's taken care of. So you can get up and, I don't know, go out to a restaurant and have breakfast, meet a friend. Hang out watch TV, go to work, whatever. Just let yourself see yourself doing that in a normal way, completely free of fear, sickness, completely free of financial worry. <sighs> Just take that in.
Now, let's find a place of gratitude. Man, how grateful we're going to be, huh? All the things that we took for granted. And just let that present moment feeling be there. I'm so grateful. So grateful to survive this. I'm so grateful my loved ones survived this. I'm so grateful that this did not touch my life in any negative way. So grateful that I have enough to meet my bill, pay, pay my bill. So grateful for that. Let your heart just radiate with that feeling of gratefulness and gratitude, love and appreciation. Now the last thing I want you to do, if you're staying with me on this, I want you to Create in your mind a symbol. Let your mind give you a symbol. A picture, a symbol, a number, a letter, some kind of symbol that you can attach representation of this day to when it's all over. Life is back to the way we want it, and we are living the reality we want to live. Get that symbol in your mind. Let it, let it be something simple. Like I said, it could be a number, it could be a letter, it could be a hashtag. Or it could just be some kind of symbol that your mind gives you. I want you to put that symbol front and center in your mind, focus on it a little bit, and I want you to, to imagine it turning to light, turning to fire, and I want you to affirm your divine self to you, that I am a living God, I am divine, I am the divine presence, I am the Christ upon the earth. And I want you to energize, I want you to imagine right now that symbol becoming energized with that gratitude, becoming energized with that reality, becoming energized with those good feelings. And then I want you to send that symbol in whatever way is right for you. I want you to send that symbol out into your universe out into what Abraham Hicks calls your vortex. And as you do that, I want you to let your mind give you pictures of how that energy is integrating into your present moment to change the very path that you are on. And let's collectively send that symbol out right now. This is just a symbol of our intention. This is our intention. So be it. Thy will be done. Now let's take another deep breath. And then let's just say, uh, let it be done. Let it be done. As we've seen, as we've imagined, as we felt, let it be done. Amen. Whew.
I don't know about you guys, but that was, even just leading that, man, that was powerful. I'm like, um, blissed out. Man. I can really feel that intensity and the, and the power of that. So, uh, anybody stay with me on that? <laughs> Doing this live thing is crazy. I mean, I love it, but the bad part is you, you can't, you can't see and read people's reactions. Or... Check their participation. Um. I think we'll just end it right there. Uh, I want to spend some time in that uh, in that vortex. Uh, I need that. I, I can feel the energy and the power of that. So, but you can take that and you can use that as an example for anything in your life. Um, you don't get caught up on the on the how to then. It's just in the past. So anyway, God bless you guys. Uh, I love all of you. Um, I, I did attach a link for uh, giving if. if it's in your heart to, to help us right now. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, so anyway, God bless you. Love you guys. Catch you later.